Hello, I'm Jeff Lister, and welcome to Wait, What? A comics podcast for the Savage Critics website. This is the first of two installments for episode 79. Yes, in an attempt to see what listeners prefer, we are bringing back the two-hour-long installments in one-week approach. This time around, Graham McMillan and I talk about ass butts and iPhones, Alan Moore's latest interview, Rich Johnston and the need for a comic scapegoat, plus Graham and I wonder if and when our discussion of comics and comic book creators have gone too far. If you have a comment on that situation, we'd welcome it at either the comments thread for this episode at savagecritic.com or, of course, via email at wheatwhatpodcast at gmail.com. We hope you enjoy, and as always, thanks for listening. Hello? I'm being very sensitive. Are you there? (laughs) I am, and it looks like we are recording. Oh my god. The dream has finally come true. (laughs) I know. We can have a podcast like real people now. Um, Can you hear me okay? I can hear you fine. Can you hear me? You're okay. There's a bit of blip and bloop and cutting out, but I can't tell if that's me speaking over you or not. I've, uh, I switched back to my old broken headphones because they appear to be better uh, than, 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 than the new sh- crappy headphones. So uh, to answer your question, and then I don't know if we'll cut this part out because it can't be that entertaining. Um, there was a new version of Power Grammo that uh, is the recording program that I use. Mm-hmm. The update had come out a while ago. I've been using the very old version that apparently I have a shortcut to on my netbook. And I tr- thought, hey, for laughs, why not actually um, use the new version? And oh, the- that's never a good idea. Updating exactly. software is never a good idea, I've discovered. Because yeah. you get used to the old software, and then all of a sudden they'll be like, you've got to learn how to use this all over again. Well, yeah, that's a best-case scenario. The worst-case scenario is Skype opens with the new software and then automatically bombs out as, far- as soon as I try and do anything. Is that what was going on? Because yeah. you kept on coming online and then disappearing and coming online and disappearing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, that was exactly what was going on. Well, congratulations, technology, for screwing Jeff Lester. <laughs> Dude, I have to say technology really had to get in line today, really. What's, it's, uh... what's going on? Oh, oh, oh. What's going on, Jeff? That... Are you becoming a Muppet? <laughs> I am. Uh, no, I, I, I. It's, it's not a big thing. It's, it's this whole thing of like. Oh, the thing you're saying in email. Yes. Okay. Assuming listeners uh, are listening, and I'm not cutting this out. Believe it or not, listeners, it is a pain in the ass to sell anything more worth more than uh, I don't know. Let's say twenty dollars on eBay. It is an enormous pain in the ass. So. Now, I yeah. I think the only thing I've ever sold in eBay is old comics, and that was a very long time ago. Yeah, I've sold a variety of things, like some books, some old comics, a little of this, a little of that, uh, and uh, usually um, usually it works okay. But this is this is a big purchase, big ticket item. We are selling our old iPhones, and there's nothing like the word iPhone. Um, to, to bring out any number of incredibly sketchy people. Uh, and well, the great yes. thing is, I mean, yes. that's one of the things that are just going to be... I mean, if you put that on Twitter, for example, I dread to think what your Twitter bots are going to be. Oh, yeah, exactly, exactly. And the crazy thing is, is I actually thought about uh, posting to Twitter for some advice 
about this, but I was uh, I was too darn busy trying to figure out if I was going to destroy my own eBay seller rating by canceling out skeevy transactions. So we'll just uh, we'll just have to see. It's an exciting adventure that is nothing like being a superhero in a comic book, uh, unless that superhero is I don't know Nausea Man, maybe. So um, I believe he's going to show up in Before Watchmen. Oh, that would be great, wouldn't it? Have somebody be like, I'm just going to go a whole hog with this before Watchmen thing and create another 15 heroes. That would be awesome. And it, they're like, you know, I know the series is called Ozymandias, but really it's about when Ozymandias teamed up with this whole new super team. Right. Characters well, you've I mean, never seen before. Exactly. Exactly. And then just, you know, get a chance to break in, like, those characters that you secretly believe are just as good as any characters created by Alan Moore. Because, I mean, let's face it, it's that it's kind of like that whole Batman-Bruce Wayne thing. Oh, sure, Ozymandias is awesome, but who trained him to be awesome, you know? And the answer is Commander Awesome. Uh, later... <laughs> it would be hilarious if the answer is Bruce Wayne. And they're like, it's actually really taking place in the DC multiverse. Wouldn't that be the best? That would be... I mean, really, if they're going to do Before Watchmen and they are going to desecrate the quote-unquote corpse, just go all the way. You know what I mean? I love how corpse gets a quote-unquote, but desecrate is completely fine. Oh, because desecrate is legit. I just don't think that corpse is an accurate description of of what I consider a still living, vibrant work. So... If you see what I'm saying. Yeah, I was just thinking, can you desecrate something that's alive? Oh, no, that's a good question. I think so. Can't you? I I think you can. Can't you desecrate like a church, for example? Let's see. Yes, you can. You're just treating a sacred place or thing with violent disrespect. Yeah, exactly. Hey, see? So there we go. I I don't think that depending on who you talk to, I think that desecrate is the perfect verb for uh talking about before Watchmen. I was actually just reading the JMS interview on Ain't It Cool uh, and writing it up for Newsarama blog tomorrow because I realized while reading it Before Watchmen is the greatest gift to the comics internet ever because no matter which side you're on Mm -hmm. someone is saying stupid things well you know I have to say I haven't read the whole Alan Moore no, but still, so, you've seen the bit where he's pretty much like, well, you know, there's no no one talented in the comics industry today. If they, if they were talented, they'd come up with their own things, which is just like, oh, stop talking. <laughs> it's like, no matter what you think, that's still a really stupid thing to say, especially because the majority of those people have come up with their own things. Well, I mean, like, yeah, I, I sure. think, I don't know, I just think it's one of those times where he's speaking for effect. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's absolutely doing it. He there's some minor trolling there, but uh, again, which is, appears to be my favorite concept this month. But I don't necessarily think that it's like stupid trolling. You know what I mean? Like okay, I, I think ignorant it's, trolling. It's but to say. really, why? Because there's no need. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it's like it's one thing to attack the company. Uh-huh. It's another thing to attack basically every other comic creator. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Do you not think? No, I really don't. I'm kind of okay with it, Graham. I mean, he does it he, at every point. He said, I don't read comics and I'm out of touch with the industry. So I'm totally okay if he if he is going to um, take the time to basically 
uh, trash talk everyone in the industry. I personally think there's not a problem with that because the fact of the matter is there's a huge difference between trash talking people and actually signing up and getting paid to do something against the wishes of somebody who created the product for which you are going to be cashing your checks for the next couple of months. And now I admit that there's a whole bunch of people in the rest of the industry that it sounds like Alan Moore's trash talking, but I, I just, I just don't, I don't know. For me, I just happen to not take it that way. See, I, I totally take it as him just saying something ignorant for a laugh. And for, for me, that's a stupid thing to say. And I think he's better than that. Mm. Interesting. And, I, you know, it's every possibility he's just not better than that at all. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, totally. I, I love that's how you frame the argument. No, that's no, but, great. No, but you know what I mean? Like, he's perfectly okay with just, like, this will get a cheap laugh. I'm okay with that. I'm an entertainer. Uh, yeah, but I don't see any reason why. I mean, this is something that I think uh, Laura Hudson might have been talking about on Twitter, where it was something like, Alan Moore is talking out of his ass. And I'm kind of like, I don't see that there's a problem with that. Alan Moore is being interviewed as an interview subject, and he's allowed to, A, talk out of his ass, B, especially if he mentions the fact that he's talking out of his ass and he hasn't read the sure, comic but, book. But no one's saying he's not read. allowed to do it. They're just saying that it's not a smart thing to do. I, that is fine, but I don't, I don't really... I think that seems like... I guess it sort of depends on how you define smart. Like, do you mean it's not, I mean, are you saying that Alan Moore isn't going to be getting work in the comic book industry as a result of this, Graham? Is that what you mean by smart? That's that's exactly what I'm saying. His whole Challengers of the Unknown ongoing series pitch. Pitch, right. Yeah, just killed. They they were like, I I don't know. I just, I don't know. It just strikes me as an unnecessary and I guess unnecessarily hurtful thing to say. I don't know. I just I can't exact. I can't verbalize why. I just think it's it's a, it was a dumb thing to say. Well, it just seems to me, and I think this is where we're definitely at loggerheads. Is it seems to me that I have far less trouble with a hurt person saying hurt things as opposed to people who are doing the hurtful things or alternately people like Jason Aaron from several months ago who are not involved at all getting hurt by the things being said by the hurt person you know like I'm kind of you know I I admit that I have a tendency I think on, on myself to you know identify with the people who are you know uh, who I perceive as being treated unfairly or being sort of bullied about or something like that but you know, I I honestly think that um, I think Alan Moore's got a, a right to be pissed. I think he's got a right to be pissed when people who, you know, say like, oh, you're great, Alan Moore. That's why I'm doing this work, despite the fact that I don't want you to, you know, or the readers are like, Alan Moore, you're like being annoying and aggravating by by coming up with facts about why you're you know, why we are lesser people for appreciating these works, you know, or I I just, again, I'm just kind of like, I don't really have a problem with the idea that he, um, you know, is going to trash talk an entire industry that is really doing nothing to, to, to stick up for him. 
You know, the fact of the matter is, is that he's having stuff taken away from him and everyone's like, well, it's not really ethical, but that's kind of the way it goes. And nobody like the entire industry, a whole bunch of people, if you're not a person who's actually, you know, collecting checks from before Watchmen, everyone, you're basically sitting there trash talking the fact that this project's being done or who knows, maybe you're in hearty approval of it. Um, But you're not sticking, you're not making any kind of stand. But you know, what sort of sound would you like people to make? Well, I think I think that there would be a lot of people. I, I I don't know. I my personal take on it is I'm sure that Moore would have been a lot more happy if if somebody who was a working professional had come out and said, you know what, this is really wrong and we shouldn't support it. You know, um, but I, I I kind of think that that would be something that would make him feel a little more comfortable with the comic book community of his peers. You know, but I can see once you don't do that, you know, you kind of feel like you're being pushed around. It's like it, to me, it's very akin to like being pushed around in school and everyone sort of standing around, not really sticking up for you. And you're kind of you kind of hate all those people, too. You know, as much as you hate the person that's taking the time to actually mush your face repeatedly into your high school locker, um, you know, there is that point of like, wow, nobody's really standing up for me because why? You know, and it, there's, it, it's, you know, it, there's, I think there's a complicated set of answers as to why they're not. Uh, and I think, you know, for myself, and, and admittedly, I've so nicely, I really have to be impressed with the rhetorical flourish with which you cannot in any way argue against me, Graham, without sounding like you're siding with these rhetorical bullies from my high school past that technically didn't actually exist, but I completely stymied you in all possible ways. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I, it, it, I guess because it just seems, again, it's this idea of like, it seems unjust. And it seems really weird to me that, again, the level of injustice is like some dude who's being, you know, who's upset and being manhandled is suddenly being equivocated with people who, again, are profiting off of, you know, uh, his unethical handling. You know? Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am know, so I just, sorry. No, no, oh, it's, my it's, goodness. Because I... Uh... I think I think the way you phrase it, you're entirely right. I can't say anything. I can't argue with you. It's just that mm-hmm. I don't see it that way. And I think what he's doing is is something different. And and it's I, it's one of those things. Like it's I don't think it's worth disagreeing with you. If that makes sense. Well, because I because think... I, I, I think that what you think is entirely right for you, and it's just that I, I have a different take on. It. I think what he's doing is. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I think what he's what he's doing is trolling. Okay, and well, it, and it's going outside of the subject. I guess. I see. But before I, before I say anything more, I just want to say I want you to continue with those thoughts. You were kind enough to let me uh, vent. No, I I, I enjoyed your vertically. I, I enjoyed you. your venting, and also, uh, you're 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 quasi convincing me. Mm. Does that make sense? Like, I, I have a yes. better understanding of your viewpoint, even if I don't agree with it. I just, I think if that is what's going on, he's perfectly mm-hmm. justified in being upset. 
mm-hmm. I still think that there's just something in the way that he I don't know there's something in the way that he presents the industry mm-hmm. in that interview and in, in I mean he, it's not the first time he said this he said this more than once um, mm-hmm. and continues to do so being who he is Mm-hmm. That just seems, I don't know, it just seems dickish to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have nothing more than that. I'm, I'm not. That, that is, that is totally fair. If you, if you do have more, because I am sort of, because I do, I, I want to make sure that you get your full side. Out no, because like, no, because like I said, I, I, well, the other thing is, I think you are more emotionally invested in this than I am. Mm, yeah, maybe. Well, maybe. Although you have to keep in mind, as I mentioned, not only was, did I have my entire day destroyed by crazy, potentially imaginary uh, <laughs> Russian scammers, but I had like way too much caffeine today, and I really am ramping up in in one of those um, hilarious uh, ways um, uh, familiar to those who perhaps hanged, hung around. Uh, with people in nightclubs in the 80s who did a bump of cocaine. I, so you what know? you're basically saying is at some point I'm going to be like, so Jeff, what did you think of Justice League? And you'll go on like an hour-long rant. <laughs> it, I think I do that every so, week, really actually, don't I? <laughs> I think that's pretty much my default mode. No, I'm saying that I might have like some sort of weird, angry, laughing, crying jag that ends in me believing that I'm having a heart attack. But maybe not. <laughs> I, I look forward to that being. I know. I know. To the podcast ever. <laughs> exactly. Like listeners, set your clocks now. Which reminds me, I should actually try and find my clock and set it. If we're going to try breaking this into installments, eh? Oh, let's try uh, making into installments. Let's do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeff Lester. Yes. Um, yes. Yes. I don't know. I just this. This is going to sound completely ridiculous, but okay. I think that. Alan Moore knows perfectly well how much weight his commentary has mm-hmm. and says this sort of thing because he's hurt, but that doesn't make it okay. He says this thing to hurt mm-hmm. and to mm-hmm. latch out. And right. and I don't I I can understand it, but I don't think it's okay and I don't I still think it's dumb. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because here's the thing, the, the kid who is being beaten up by the bullies and who hates everyone. Mm-hmm. He's completely justified in hating everyone, but if he then comes back and starts beating up someone who was in the back of the room and didn't do anything, that doesn't—he's not right in doing that. No, that—that that is true. You know, mm-hmm. and that's what I—that's what I think he's doing here. Mm. I think saying something like uh, "sometime over the past twenty or twenty-five years" would have perhaps someone—someone uh, someone would have perhaps come up with something that was as good as Watchmen or as notable or memorable. Is just this ignorant thing, because mm-hmm. it's really it's it's devaluing all manner of work, and mm-hmm. not just the work of the people who are working on Before Watchmen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's basically setting. It's also incredibly ego driven, which I think is another reason why it's a stupid thing to say. Um, mm-hmm. But it's just you know, so he's like, yeah, fun home, fuck that. <laughs> I don't know. I just it's just. Ah, I, I, he's lashing out wildly, and I just keep coming back to. There's no need to do that. Mm-hmm. 
there's no need to play into the I am a curmudgeon reading of you. And that's entirely what he does with this. Oh yeah, he comes absolutely. across as I am angry old man who doesn't know anything, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he's not. <laughs> Uh, no, I agree. He's actually not. I, well, I mean, he he does know more, and I mean, in theory, he knows enough. I think I think he, but I also. Hmm. So yes, let I'm I'm going to keep it to agreeing statements because I I agree <laughs> with you in that regard. No, because I I do because I I think I'm sort of like I can construct any sort of nature of defenses, but I um, but I think it's in, uh, important to to also. Uh, see the things that you are saying you know one of the things that I do find interesting though that that is fascinating and I'm not going to say that one's more right or more wrong per se but I do have to say that I'm fascinated by the extent to which um, unlike certain individuals who may have felt comfortable um, attacking their reader critics on the internet Mm -hmm. if you know what I mean he has kept this relatively contained to um, the professional era, arena, if you see what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. And I do think that that's kind of it. That may be part of the problem where, at least for me, he's kind of doing this thing of, well, you you know, essentially attacking everybody but not really saying, because I think it would actually be very, very easy for him you know, he for the it's and again I haven't read the whole interview, so maybe there's a huge entire page that I'm missing where he does exactly this. But apart from a few comments where he says, you know, if you are the type of reader who likes reading about the same character over and over again, et cetera, et cetera, he's kind of like, I would appreciate it if you didn't buy any more of my books. Like that's about as close as it can come as as I think to actually uh trolling the public mm-hmm. i suppose mm-hmm. and what fascinates me is i do feel that um that that the turning around and blaming quote unquote blaming the the public is a much more common form of creator disgruntlement uh expressed on the internet oh completely very um, very much so and i was talking about the cicade yesterday um, shall I completely get off topic and tell you why I was talking about this case yesterday? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. went to Excalibur yesterday to pick up my comics, and guess who was there? Brian Michael Bendis. No, get out! <laughs> no, really. I, I swear to God, my first thought was, how can I buy my comics without having to say hello to him? Right. Because I've never, never met him, but I know mm-hmm. he doesn't like me. And here's the thing. I just didn't want to cause a scene in the shop. Like, I really like Sue, who runs the shop, and I did not want to have the horribly uncomfortable moment where he and I got into it. Sure, <laughs> like, in sure. front of Sue, who we both mm-hmm. like. I, I presume he likes her. Um, mm-hmm. So I was just like, oh, God, can I, can I walk right. out and no one will notice? Like, how, how, right. do, how do I get out of this horrible situation? As it was, it was fine. He was completely uh, in the middle of a conversation with a guy. Uh, so I, I was able to like actually spend some time in the store and still didn't have to say hi. Um, That's fantastic. But I was uh, I was talking to Kate. I was basically like, you know, this guy who, who is mad at me because of things I've said on the internet. Um, and I was saying that I think... I call it a generational thing, which is totally wrong because it's not a generational thing at all. But I feel mm-hmm. that there is a certain 
era of creators, or a, an era where creators broke through, mm-hmm. um, where they, they sort of went to war with, with the internet and with the people on the internet and their readers, mm-hmm. and that younger creators or creators who have broken through since a certain time mm-hmm. have just accepted that's the nature of the beast and don't right. get into Like, I, I think there's... I always want to say generation, and it's totally not a generational thing, but there's a certain group of creators who still see things as essentially me versus the internet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they, they do attack the readers. Mm-hmm. And you're right, yeah, no. Moore mm-hmm. is not doing that. Moore is not attacking uh, the readers at all. Mm-hmm. But he's attacking the entire... He's not attacking. He's just insulting the entire industry. Right. Right, no, he and, and the entire is. medium. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I, I don't know if I would go that far, really. Because I do feel, and maybe I'm wrong, is that it is very common for the majority of the industry, and I think that more can't escape it as well, because it, it's something that no matter how long that we've been working at it, when you and I and the majority of people talk, say, Comics, we say comics, 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 comics aren't doing this, comics are doing this, comics, 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 comics. Like, without meaning to, I I think more often than not, the majority of people who do that are defaulting to discussing the big two. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. So, I mean, you know, it's... As people pointed out, like Alan Moore's done stories with Peter Bagg. He's drawn comics for Harvey Picar. He has written adulations for the Hernandez brothers. And he used to give good thumbs up to people within the superhero industry as well. I mean, he's got a ton of... It wouldn't even surprise me if when he says, I don't read comics anymore, he's saying that while his ass is sitting on, you know eight volumes of EC Cigars Popeye, you know? Like, and he's just not even thinking that. Because what he means in his head is that weird, like, the thing that we've got to come up with, like, an awesome acronym for. Because, and, and, admittedly, I, I don't know for sure. But I, I have a sneaking suspicion that, that, that A... More knows that he's not slandering Fun Home, and he's not, he's also, I think, relatively confident that Allison Bechdel isn't like reading that and going like, "Why oh, that dirty?" After all the work I did, and then she goes and kicks her cat. You know, I just don't. I'm not sure that I necessarily see that happening. I do think actually there's a great point um, that I'm going to move back to your digression. Uh, because I was reading this uh, interview with Brian K. Vaughn, you know, over at The Beat about his first issue of Saga coming yeah. out. Mm-hmm. And the two things that struck me were, A, how unbelievably gracious he seemed, and B, how the fact that he talks about, he, he, about the fact that he has essentially no internet presence. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I, I sometimes wonder if the two aren't, unfortunately linked. I'm not saying I'm not saying that the internet turns you into, you know, a rude dick, but I do think that there's um Oh, I I think I I don't think the internet turns you into a rude dick, but I think the internet is consistently full of the worst of creators and fans and brings out the worst in creators and fans as a response. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Because you just no matter which side you're on, you feel mm-hmm. under attack. Mhm. 
or you feel the need to defend yourself maybe maybe not that you feel under attack but you feel the need to defend yourself see that's the thing that i think is i think that being in the internet is like being uh, like uh, in a nightclub back in the 80s uh and in that you have to you can never quite let your guard down you know and i think that that means that more often than well, i don't know about more often than not cuz i i think the majority of the time most of us you know, make it through day in and day out on the internet without like flipping out and calling people shit cocks. But I, I do think that, um, that that incident does happen. And when it does, like, it's really easy to go on that all or nothing binge of painting everyone as assholes or everyone is entitled or everyone is, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, not entirely. You know, or even to take the pers- take the person that you've encountered who's being a-, a jackass to you and deciding that they are a jackass all the time. Like, it's kind of funny, you know, someone was sort of uh, chiding me a little bit in, in the comments uh, a- after our Whacker cast um, for essentially me not uh, agreeing that Whacker was sociopathic. Uh, and I don't think they were actually chiding. Chiding is. is I I, th- I think they were concerned that you were conflating sociopath and psychopath. Uh, were they? I, I I could be heard wrong. I'd have to go back and remember. I remember the comment. I just can't remember if that was. Let, exactly let me let me see if I can. Let's look. Yes, let's. And let's the great thing it. is, even though I have access to statements like this, uh, in my Gmail because it gets forwarded to me. Oh, smart. See, I've actually got to look up the actual thing. Oh, Jeff, no offense, but you don't seem to understand what a sociopath is. You go on to how a troll is different than a sociopath and list a bunch of behaviors and mindsets that are pure textbook sociopathy. Not all sociopaths reach the point of murdering people. I'm with Graham. Our friend, the troll, is definitely a a sociopath or at least acts like one. This is T who point who uh, commented on this about seven days or so it w- I thought it was actually a really good point because there is kind of that like you know not all sociopaths reach the point of murdering people that being said I really do think that people on the internet is different from people like it's one step closer to abstraction which I think is the you know sort of the classic like you wouldn't have the courage slash whatever to say that to my face type thing that, mm-hmm. that people get all up in the, the his mm-hmm. about. And I, I think that, I think that for me, cause, cause I do want to stay, you know, I, I do have this feeling of like, I do think that there's a difference between, between a troll and a sociopath. And one of those ways is that, um, Again, this whole, like, the the internet is so large and seems so without effect. It is is such an abstraction, the things that happen on the net, that I think that it is easy to move into that realm where you're like, oh, well, I'm just going to keep, I'm just going to start kicking against the pricks, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't think that, I don't think, how can I put this? I don't think that that is good, wise, or advisable, and... I definitely think that people should not do it. I just think that there is a very big difference between acting that way on the internet is much closer to acting that way uh, with your action figures when you're eight 
than it is to being in a crowded room full of people when you're 30 or 35. Oh, and, very definitely, yeah. Yeah, so, and that's all that I'm saying. I, I'm not necessarily saying, like, you know, hooray or how awesome this all is, but I definitely do think that, um, you know, for for better or for worse, one of the the one of the strange shortcomings, you know, the internet's weird red kryptonite is the is the part that turns us into, you know, um, for being able to have a keyboard access to telepathy is it it turns us all into um, uh, we always have the potential to become sociopaths on the internet for at least an afternoon. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. Um, which I worry has sort of derailed your larger point, but I thought would be worth kind of... Uh, I can't even remember what my larger point was at this point, so... Well, yeah, I mean, I think it was talking about uh, the... Na- well, we we moved from more to talking about kind of people who are ass-butts um, or can be ass-butts on the internet, and also the generation of, I guess, defensive <laughs> ass-buttism. Well, you he- know? here's the other thing. For, for mm-hmm. the ass-butts on the internet, maybe this mm-hmm. is just me, but do you not always assume that they're probably nice people in real life? Uh, the aspots? Yeah, you know? like this is this this may seem really weird, but I have uh-huh. had really unpleasant experiences online with mm-hmm. certain people. Mm-hmm. Without exception, I pretty mm-hmm. much always think they're probably not this bad in real life. Right, and they probably. This sounds weird, but they probably all love their friends and family and are good people. Right, exactly. It, it, it's very much to the point that I just made. Exactly. Yeah, no, exactly. And mm-hmm. so I met, so I didn't meet Bendis, but I was in the same space as Bendis yesterday. And Bendis mm-hmm. was being beyond gracious to the person he was talking to. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you could tell this person was quite clearly bending his ear off. Right. <laughs> like, was not saying anything particularly enlightening. I was saying it very loudly so everyone in the store could hear. And Bendis was being remarkably lovely to this guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, th- and there is that level of... And I this actually goes back to Steve Wacker in a weird way. Mm-hmm. I think you can completely have a terrible experience with someone online, but kind mm-hmm. of want to say, I think if the two of us ever met face-to-face, we would find some common ground. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. In, in fact, I'll go you one farther because this is actually, uh, well, further, I guess, uh, because this is something that I've thought about because it seems so uh, endemic to, for the most part, comics, it seems to me, happens more than perhaps in other media. But I can I also know to an extent it sort of happens in quote-unquote games. Um, is I think, sometimes, sometimes I think that because comics does not have a New York review of books, I suppose, or there's not a Sunday supplement section in every newspaper that comes out every Friday and reviews the new releases the way that it does with uh, movies or books or TV shows. It it actually puts the um, onus of the um, inherently uh, friction-filled relationship between creator and critic uh, onto the fans, I suppose. 
You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I, I and actually I do think that uh, because having read some some articles and I don't know maybe this is the sort of thing that gets mentioned in some of those newfangled podcasts you listen to. What's fascinating to me is listening to showrunners and TV writers talk about having to follow, you know, internet message boards about their shows. Oh, it's it's fascinating. Um, mm-hmm. Almost without fail, they will say something along the lines of, "We we don't," or if we do, we have to put it out of our minds and we cannot respond. Right. Right, right, right. Exactly. And, and but I think, but I think to me, the idea is what's quote unquote great about that is you can still pick up, they can still pick up uh, Entertainment Weekly and at least, you know, Ken Tucker or Lisa Schwartzbaum is going to say something, you know, ignorant and ill-informed about their, their show. You know what I mean? And then they can just sort of take it out on this person who is getting, you know, paid and has benefits and is relatively uh, oblivious and sometimes a dumbass. But I think that it's really, I think it's, to me, it would be so hard. And this is, this actually goes back to one of the reasons why I wanted to write reviews on Savage Critic. Um, To be a creator who has your book come out and there is just nothing. You know what I mean? Like, you, if you're lucky, you maybe get a pat on the back from the editor as it comes up and out. But there's no, like, it enters the world and nobody's going to, no one's going to come up to you and be like, hey, man, if you're lucky, maybe that's what you're, what the guy at the comic store that you shop at does. But more often than not, if you're just dying to know, if you're dying to get some response, a lot of these guys, I think, are going to go on the internet. And then suddenly it gets to... um because that it, bars it, yeah, it, it gets to crazy town. Yeah, exactly. Be, because exactly. here's the thing: no matter what comic you're doing, if someone is talking about it online, you will have people who love it and who hate it, and they're right. both wrong. Right. <laughs> yeah, but you know what I mean, yes. like, and you, but you can't. It's really hard to believe that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's easy to understand that, and it's easy to tell yourself that. It's really hard to believe that. Yeah. Oh, well, of course. Well, of course. And, and it's interesting because, I mean, remember we were talking about uh, there was a Matt Fraction interview at some point where he was basically like, I am a much harsher critic than anyone else in the world. No matter what shitty things you're saying about my work, I've already said it. Right. So imagine you're Matt Fraction and you, you do do that. Everything you put out you think is terrible. And then you go online and you see other people saying the same thing. It doesn't yes. matter how many people are going to be like, I love Stifner's issue four. Because your heart's with everyone who's like, really? Doctor Strange? This is right. Doctor Strange I grew up with. Right. And so right. on and so on. Right. So I completely understand why people lose their shit online. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the low barrier to crazy town kind of goes both ways. Um, but I do think, I do think sometimes that it would be great. You can almost see this play out with the comics journal in a way when comics journal back in the heyday was coming out every month and people like, you know, Marv Wolfman and Len Wein would like pick it up and be like, Hey, I wonder what they're going to say about me. And then after they pick up their spleens, they're like, those motherfuckers. But you know, in a way, maybe it made it easier for them to not, um, to, to sort of, put that primary relationship on one person, be like, Gary Groth hates me, and I fucking hate that prick. Um, And it makes it a little bit easier to be like that than the internet hates me, and I hate those fucking pricks. 
You know what I mean? Like maybe there's just something I, I'm kind of thinking like I'm sort of obviously talking it out loud here, but I'm starting to think that comics really need a sacrificial scapegoat. You know, somebody who is who is, you know, who gets paid enough to be OK <laughs> with the fact that the rest okay. of the industry essentially hates them, I suppose, and vice versa can be that person who actually like puts that stuff out there um did you see that piece on iFanboy uh by I want to say Rand somebody or rather where he was kind of like do we really have comics news journalism and his answer was kind of like I don't think that we do because we all like I'm I know I'm not the only guy who's like a fan of uh, creators and who are friends with creators and have had a creator tell me the entire you know I've known in advance how entire storylines are going to play out years in advance and it would be really I wouldn't want to say anything I wouldn't want to quote unquote run that scoop um you know because I want to have friends and be in the industry. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it, that's... I, I, I didn't read it, but mm-hmm. that's that's definitely a real thing. Um, but what you mm-hmm. get is you get everyone hating uh, Rich Johnson, who's probably the closest thing to a comics journalist out there. Yes. But everyone hates him. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is a genuine level of... not just distrust... Personal hatred towards him mm-hmm, mm-hmm. from from creators, and I think ultimately creators are much more comfortable with what the iFanboy piece is, which is essentially they're my friends. Yeah, well, of course they're comfortable with it because it 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 because it's too fucking easy. It lets them off the hook to well, an no, exactly, unbelievable exactly, degree. But, but you, you know? can't. Yeah, but uh, the nature of the game does not support Rich Johnson. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Because in order to be Rich Johnson, it's not just that you're becoming sacrificial lamb who everyone's like, I hate, and they have a sort of love-hate relationship with. They genuinely hate Rich. And because of that, he gets shut down for all sorts of access. Access that you ultimately need. Unless you are Rich Johnson and you... See, this is the weird catch-22. This is the weird catch-22. And admittedly, this happens in game journalism just as bad, if not worse, uh, so I've heard. But, you know, game reviewers and journalists and game magazines have horrific problems with the idea of, you know, if they review a game too low, the game publisher pulls future access from them and suddenly the thing on which they sell their books which is you know advanced previews of the next new big things don't happen but i definitely think the problem is sometimes i think that problems would be alleviated if instead of having one rich johnston we had three you know um because I think at that point people would just be because weirdly enough I think at the, at that point you've everything sorts itself out properly. Yeah. Did I tell you the hilarious email I got from Rich Johnson uh, back when Wackergate was going on? No, you didn't. Damn or he, was, it. he was basically like, "We're the Wonder Twins," because <laughs> Marvel hates you and DC hates me. <laughs> 
That's really funny. Um, I, I guess it's, I guess that's somewhat true. You really do have a better time of it with DC, I suppose. But you know, but you're um, think Marvel doesn't hate me. Lots of right. people think I hate Marvel, including people at Marvel. Right. But I don't have a bad relationship with like Marvel PR people or other mm-hmm. people at Marvel. Yeah, no, I know. I mean, that's the but thing. That, that's where I'm the like, thing. It's like mm-hmm. you know. Eh. But I, I just thought it was funny when you were like, they need more than one Rich Johnson. I was like, as someone who, you know, is relatively close to becoming Rich Johnson number two, oh, I, I, I don't know how I feel about that. Well, and it's hard because I don't think I, I don't think that you would necessarily want to be that guy. The thing that frustrates me is is that just by virtue of speaking your mind, you are that guy, you know? Like, I, I really do have this weird thing... Not that I've talked about it, you know, extensively with people, but I have had one or two f- people who are like, hey, um, I just want to ask you, 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 you are never going to work in the comics industry ever, right? You know, like it's kind of that thing where I'm like, um, I hadn't really considered it. You know what I mean? Like, I, cause it, it's that thing that I've said that I've wanted to do it, you know, but, but people are like, yeah, but the, You've given up on that since then, right? Because you know there's no way that people are going to hire you after the shit that you and Graham say on on this podcast. And I'm like, I, have, I, I, have you said anything that terrible? Well, I don't necessarily think so, but there are two or three people, um, and admittedly, oh, these well, when the... we when we stop recording, you're totally going to name those people. <laughs> I'm okay, kidding. I don't really think it will be as impressive as you think it is. I'm gonna be like, we're gonna like go offline. I'm like, okay, so Stan Lee, no, because it's it's not it's not it's not upper echelon people by any, but there there's like at least I've heard that from one person in the industry and one person not at all in the industry, uh, and in each time I kind of went, huh, well, uh, you know, I really honestly feel despite some of the. Um, wacky hijinks that we've had on air. I honestly don't think that any... I, I still believe that we haven't said anything that's crazily mean or hurtful unless, you know, you've got an incredibly thin skin. And I have to say that oh, I, as I, somebody... I, I think I think we've come close. Do you? Yeah, there are definitely things that we've said on here that I, I regret afterwards. Really? Yeah. Okay, this, this is going to be awesome. Could you, could I, you, I, I, regret, I regret a lot of what we said about Matt Fraction. Ah, uh, interesting. Interesting. Because I think it comes close to what you are saying before about internet telepathy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think, mm-hmm. I, I think I regret the sociopath thing uh, about Steve Walker. Mm-hmm. Don't, mm-hmm. I haven't changed my mind. I just have a right. sense of like, that wasn't really my place to say it. Mm. You know, does, I don't... does that make sense? I don't know. Like, I, I just, yeah. There's definitely when I, 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 there are things that I, not you, but that I have said on this podcast, sure, sure. where right. I'm kind of like, you... oh, oh, I wish I hadn't said that. I, I certainly have those feelings too about your stuff. Certainly, no, no, no. no. <laughs> I mean, I... Uh, oh my I, god, I... backtrack. Just leave it like that. <laughs> but I'm kidding. I was that was comical. You, you should fact. see all the stuff that I caught out of the podcasts. Oh my <laughs> god, people! It's unbelievable. Uh, no, 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 no. I just, I just, I just, um, uh, I, I very much think of it from the 
idea of honest, genuine inquiry. You know what I mean? Like, you are times where you have... Well, okay, first off, I, I, I am always interested, intrigued, and obsessed with the relationship that we have in our heads with the p- people that create the media that gives that give it to us you know what i mean and i and by us i mean you me and every other single person that has picked up something that is not absolutely generic you know it is a huge chunk of what makes modern entertainment spin you know, and certainly has ever said, I mean, because people, there's a level of people who are totally like, man, I bet that Josh Holloway is just like Sawyer on Lost, you know, and that's one level of things or like, I bet he and that chick who played Kate totally got it on kind of thing. Um, and then there's the additional level of me, you know, like maybe you're closer to me in this regard of like, man, that Damon Lindelof's, he's got some awesome father issues. I can only just imagine what kind of shit happened in his childhood kind of thing. Like, how do I put this? Like, that is... I don't know if there's ever been a point in time for which that was not true of an audience member. If, like, somebody didn't get up after leaving the fire and, like, turn to the other guy and go, man, that Homer is one fucked up dude. Seriously. His blind shit is just written large all over everything. The Cyclops? Like, come on, you know? But I I do know that it is this 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 element uh, in in people that I think is, I don't, I'm going to say it's natural because it's so widespread. That, and what fascinates me is the way in which the meta-narrative casts such a shadow that, that it doesn't, that it's um, as much a separate and entertaining thing to look at and to study and to inquire about as the, the, the actual narrative. You know, and so co- consequently, when you and I like when you read Casanova and you sit down and you're like, I think that Matt Fraction is on the edge of losing his mind and I'm really worried about him. Like, I think that a it says as it clearly says more about you, of course, than than what it might actually say about Matt Fraction. You know, or if you say like, ah, Stephen Wacker is, you know, a sociopath, you know, I feel that that what you are saying and exploring and reacting to, because you're being open and honest about it, seems to me as a very difficult thing for people to get upset about, you know, like, I'm not saying that. <laughs> oh, it's, it's not difficult for people to get upset about it at all, Jeff, as you and I well, both know. Yes, exactly. It's shockingly, shockingly easy. But I guess in my regard, and and this is perhaps where I'm being um, perhaps unconsciously disingenuous, I feel that it's the difference between, you know, when a six-year-old looks at you and goes, why are you fat? As opposed to, not that I'm saying that that was a conversation that actually happened to me with my niece because she is younger than six, (laughs) let me tell you. But, or... You know, when a 15-year-old says, why are you fat? And a 35-year-old says, why are you fat? You know what I mean? I'm curious uh, which one you're casting us as. I would like to say that we're closer to the six-year-olds. And that's why I think I, I perhaps am being... I, 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 say guess, that I'm being I guess what I worry about is that we're closer to the 15-year-olds. Mm-hmm. Because there's... there's... Yes. 
there's part of I also I heard groaning, which is why I stopped. I thought you were in pain. No, um, no, 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 no. That was a thoughtful, contemplative groan. Okay, that's good. Um, my point is, after I say these things, because I don't say these things with malice. Yes. And in many cases, like I say things with concern. Like a six-year-old. But why do I say them? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, there's one thing. And sometimes I say them because I forget we're being recorded for a podcast. <laughs> oh, there's definitely things I've said to you that I've forgotten that we're being recorded. <laughs> but, like, a, like a six-year-old. <laughs> but the other times it's like, you know, we're talking for a podcast. We're talking right. for public. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, I can think Steve Walker's a sociopath or not. I don't need to say it. Sure. Right. Well, there's, there's, there's definitely some element of maybe subconsciously, but of of knowing that I'm putting it out there. Mm-hmm. That I'm not just putting it out there to you. Right. That I'm putting it out there to whoever is listening to this, which is freely available. Right. Well, you know, okay, here's an interesting thing. I have to say that if we were the number one all-time super awesome podcast on iTunes... We are! (laughs) Don't say otherwise. Like, ever, you know? If we actually had some degree of power, then at that point I would start being a real little bit antsy about. Like, if we were somehow the... Excuse me the Rush Limbaugh of, of comics podcasting where we actually could do tons of tremendous damage. Um, I still honestly think that the things that you said are far less worse than what I've heard, you know, pundits of both parties say, uh, on our, our news waves and news wires and they oh, yeah, possess a lot oh more power. God, you're, but you're comparing, you're like, well, you're not saying anything as bad as politicians. I know, That's I know, which is... so far there, <laughs> I agree, and I, I agree. It is I letting us off the hook. semi-joking and semi-not. Like, if that's well, what you're measuring us against, that's sure. not a sign. Well, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is is that, that, on the one hand, you're right. I'm certainly setting a low bar so that we can handily clear it and be freed from our, our chains of self-consciousness. But, uh, but also, I, I think that uh, there is a difference... Um, between I, I I generally feel that A, we have good intentions and B, uh, the people who listen to us um, are uh, I, I'm, I'm not going to go out of my way to flatter them copiously so I will just leave it at the point of as far as I can tell seem really great at being able to make up their own minds as I as I think for the majority the the the, the fact is is that the majority of us are you know um, I've never been entirely persuaded again perhaps um, working from a place of, of over naivete uh, about the power of the pundit to change somebody's mind now and again part of it is despite the things that you said that you regret which i i believe me i understand because what i would never want 
honestly, no matter how, and believe me, when I start talking about Todd McFarlane's Spider-Man, I'm going to say some pretty vituperative things. Uh, And yet I feel entirely comfortable knowing that part of where we're operating from is the chance that Todd McFarlane is either A, a regular listener, or B, someone who is a regular listener is going to be like, hey, Todd, you should come here. Like, this guy is actually calling you an illiterate a-hole based on a comic that you did 20 years ago, you know, kind of concept. Um, I'm not, I, I, there's, there's enough things that are positioned where it, it's, it's a comment that is said from, a comment that I feel is not being said maliciously from the powerless, uh, from the relatively powerless, is a, a statement that I can see you reconsidering once we have a certain or tremendous amount of power. But, I don't know. Hopefully there's going to be someone out there who's going to keep track of all the horrible, ridiculous things that I've said about other creators and, and splice it into like a horrible, long mp3 file and send it via you send it and kill me with it but i would like to think that at least the person in the course of editing that together will realize that the number of things that i've said that are equally vituperative and ridiculous about myself and more importantly about you will actually absolutely absolve me of that but to be fair you hate me (laughs) well yeah but (laughs) (laughs) uh okay here's a quick question because if we wrap mm-hmm. this up, then we've done like our first hour on weird, amorphous subject, and then we can do our second hour in comic reviews. Holy shit. But, I know, wouldn't it be perfect? Yes. Know, isn't that insane? Um, do you regret, can you think of anything you've regretted saying in this podcast? Uh, uh, about Could, other creators or something? Yeah, like about, that? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I see, here's the thing I really have a shitty memory when it comes for things that I say. I really do. Like, there's times where people have repeated things, like, told me jokes, and I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Who said that? And they're like, uh, you dumbass, you know? So I, I'm sure who repeat your own jokes to you. I don't know. It happens. People who, who think that it, you know, I don't know. Have you ever had that where somebody's like, you know, you walk into and somebody decides to greet you by repeating something, some joke that you made the last time you saw them back to you. And then you laugh like an idiot and are like, oh, that's great. Who said that? You know, you've never had that happen to you? No. Okay. Admittedly, most of my friends are imaginary. So it makes sense that this would happen more to me, I think, than other people, perhaps, who have real friends. Uh, um, let me think. There's fraction where I think that we've we've talked quite strongly about um, certainly he's I think the closest we've come to me being antsy, I suppose. Um, there, you know, when I did written reviews for the Savage Critic, for whatever reason, I think because I had to write it and rewrite it, there are times that I felt bad about it. Like there was that one time where I talked about the first issue of Wolverine Origins, which was written by Daniel Way, I think. And I talked about how Steve Dillon's art was like putting an Easter bonnet on a crack whore because of that's how bad the story was. And I have to say, like having seen, when I saw Daniel Way, Way, I think it is Way, not Ray. It was Way, yes. Yet speaking at San Diego Comic-Con, I had this amazing flush of like mortification from like the tip of my hair down to my toes. Um, And I have to say, Daniel Way was, uh, I think, younger, healthier, 
better looking than me and was speaking on a panel where he was talking about writing uh, that Wolverine versus Hulk uh, animated feature from a few years back or co-writing that, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, He seemed really well adjusted. And that having been said, I still frankly think that that Wolverine Origins was a horrible piece of shit. I really do. I really do. Um, So I don't know. You know, I have these weird zones where I definitely do find myself when I say something is really bad and I say it with really scathing hyperbolic terms, I kind of feel I I don't know how I put this. I would be really mortified if I thought that the person was actually going to read that. Um, And yet uh, the fact of the matter is they have. Hey, it's 42 minutes. We've been speaking for... 59 second, 59 minutes and 40 seconds. So, to wrap up, yes, I'm sure that there is, but I can't think of anything, and maybe when we're actually talking comic books and I'm bitching about the new issue of Batwoman or Frankenstein, we'll get to it. Awesome. That's something to look forward to on episode two. <laughs> yes, exactly. L- listeners, I have a question. Um, mm-hmm. Have you ever felt we've gone over Too the edge? Too far. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. genuinely curious, because I, as I've said, I think I have. I don't think mm-hmm. you have, though, Jeff. Really? See, cause or, if, or if you have, you've done it in such a way that it's... I don't know. That it's clear that you don't mean it or that I know you well enough that I know that... I don't know. You think the best of someone despite that or something? I don't know. I don't... I While, while I feel guilty about things that I've said and I regret things that I've said on this podcast, right. I, I can't think of anything that you've said that I, I would feel ashamed about oh well i'm i'm glad to, i'm glad to hear that graham i feel the same way about you i really do uh but no listeners genuinely if you're on mm-hmm. the um if you're listening to this and you go to the savage critic comment site um tell us if we have i'm, yeah. I'm really really curious and also why we have mm-hmm. not just oh, yes oh. that time you talked about person <laughs> x like i'd like to know why it was why it was too far for you yeah that's right i'm I'm, so, I'm really i'm really curious i'm really curious about this yeah yeah this is this is going to be uh wait what episode 78.1 go to savagecritic.com and look for it after this goes up and uh yeah let us know what you think i um i'll be really curious because i i i, I feel that history will absolve us but i'm sure there's actually somebody who's like because, cause, you know, I feel a lot of people are like, my problem is you don't go far enough. Like, honestly. That's very possible. The number of times I get people saying, bring back Bambi Rampage so you can be a dick to people again. <laughs> um, and I, you know, I completely understand that because it's entertaining. Yeah, absolutely. But then you get walking into a store and seeing Brian Michael Bendis and being afraid that if I said hello to him, he would recognize my name and go apeshit and embarrass the store owner. Well, and this is Do you know what I mean? I, sure, I agree. And this that, is might, the th- that actually might be why it's on my mind. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. It makes a lot of sense to me. I think that that, that is uh, perfectly understandable. Uh, all right. Let's talk again in just a minute, um, by which I mean in internet time, uh, one or two days, but by which I really mean just a minute. <laughs> and uh, we, will, we will talk comic books. Okay. Bye for now. Bye. See you. Bye. Ha, ha, ha.